You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. We're live, we're back, and I'm excited to be here. Yes, he just got back from doing his first ever wedding as a minister. Yeah. International wedding Ooh. in a different country, first time. Yeah, it sounds really special, but it was just up north. It was Canada. And his family may be listening to this. I bet he doesn't mean that Canada isn't special. No, Canada is very special. When you say international, I think of across, across the sea somewhere. Maybe like in Tokyo. Ooh, a wedding in Tokyo. That'd Probably nice. very different than weddings in the U.S. Yeah. Be very nice different. to have it with those cherry blossoms, though, yeah. wouldn't it? Ooh, and Mount Fuji in the background. Yeah. That's the ideal wedding right there. I'm getting married next week, and I'm not pulling that off. I, it's you expensive just here doing it here. I can't imagine what it'd be to have one in Tokyo. I'm looking forward to that wedding. Yep. I'm going to be a part of it. It's going to be fun. He's the best man. He's my best man. Sweet. You know, maybe this will be the best podcast that we've done yet. I've got the best man here. Why not make it the best podcast? (laughs) We will try. So, um, yeah. All right. I think we're on episode nine. For those of you who have been faithful from the beginning. Thank you so much. We've done nine episodes. This will be the ninth. So, Thank you so much. Um, hopefully we're encouraging you. Hopefully you like it. And you'll continue to listen because um, now there is pressure for this to be the best podcast we've done. We'll see. Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about... Um, I didn't even name this. I didn't... Knives Out. That's what I'm naming it. All right. Have you ever seen the movie Knives Out? Great Great, great writing. Movie. Great writing. You have no idea what's going yeah, on. It's I don't care you how for loops. smart you are. Wow. I don't even care if you have this gift of discernment. <laughs> well, actually, I do care that you have the gift of discernment. That's an awesome <laughs> spiritual gift. But I don't know if that would help you in this movie. It's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 a definitely keeps you on the edge of your seat. It yeah. keeps you thinking, keeps you questioning, keeps you wondering. And it'll keep you laughing. Yeah. And I hope that this podcast does not keep you questioning, wondering. But it, I hope it keeps you laughing and it informs you and it encourages you in the Lord. All right. Amen. So I'm calling it Knives Out. We're talking about knives. We're, uh, we're going to talk about specifically the process of sharpening a knife and relating that to a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures in the word, um, which would be Proverbs 27, 17. It says this, as iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens the face of his neighbor. What, what translation am I in? Sharpening the face of your neighbor. Oh my god. Well, goodness. that's what a countenance is. Yeah, but I just don't like the way that one read. Um, we'll just we'll go good old faithful NIV here. Um, because that's what just pulled up. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Very basic translation. But talking about the process of having friends in your life that are going to sharpen you and make you better, right? There's this whole uh concept of whether you are a person who builds or someone who bashes, all right? You don't want to be a basher. You want to be a builder. And you have friends in your life that unfortunately might be bashers. And you need to either get them out of your life or encourage you to b- encourage them to build you up. Because that's what faith friends do. You need to have those friends who are going to be in your life and you're going to be able to sharpen each other. And that's not necessarily meaning that you guys are always opposed. Sometimes I think we think that, that scripture relates to two people who are always button heads and you kind of develop with that conflict, which you can, 
Totally. But I really think that it's much different than that. And I'm going to go into it with the knife sharpening process um, today um, for the next half hour. You get to enjoy um, me talking about knives. I'm excited. I'm excited because this kind of got birthed out of cooking and eating yeah. steak. And eating I'm, steak. We I've not just, had lunch yeah. yet. We just I'm talked only. about eating steak right before this. Um, it was organically brought up, not because I'm talking about knives. But uh, I like eating meat. And I'm kind of turning into a steak connoisseur. I now have a smoker, which I love to smoke meat. I also have a sous vide, which is like a water bath for meat. It's great. So you can go through the whole process of cooking your steak and it can be a nice, perfect medium rare. And let me just put this out there. If you're cooking your steak, anything other than medium rare or medium, um, I have words for you. May not be the best words. <laughs> what I'll say is something I heard on a river trip. This river trip, the final meal they made for you is a steak, and they would ask how people would like their steak. And they'd say, would you like it rare, medium rare, medium, medium well, or this is how they'd finish it off for those who like it well done, one step away from shoe leather. <laughs> so <laughs> now when people order well done steak or well done meat, I just think of... One step away from shoe yeah. leather. I'm sorry, but anything over medium loses a lot of flavor. Um, you're cooking out some of the nutrients. It's just not good. Medium rare or medium, learn to do that. It'll be good for you. So you cook the steak medium rare. You get ready to cut it. And the worst thing possible is having a dull knife. And you're tearing into that steak and you're moving the entire cutting board because you can't slice through that steak. Because I like presentation. I like to slice that steak up. And, and fan it out and drizzle some pan sauce over it. I'm kind of a little extra, a little bougie on that. But that's what I like to do. But you got to have a sharp knife. And if you don't have a sharp knife, it ruins the whole experience. And I've bought a few knives. Boughten? Is that the word? Bought. I've bought. I have knives. purchased a few knives that are a little higher quality. And they don't just come with a, a sharpener. You actually have to go out and buy something really specific to sharpen these knives. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Um, the act of sharpening... A knife and how it really correlates to your friendship and 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 um, sharpening each other in, in lives. So, here's what happens in life, uh, in your Christian walk. Um, we can we can liken our walk with Jesus to the edge of a knife. Okay, it's got to be straight. It's got to be narrow. That's good. Right. I see what you did there. <laughs> straight and narrow. Straight and narrow is the path. Right. Broad is the path that leads to destruction, but straight and narrow is the path that leads to righteousness, ultimately heaven. Right? That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. Not my words, his words. So your life is supposed to be straight and narrow. The edge of a blade is supposed to be straight and narrow, or it should be at least. It should be, right? So the end result of a sharpening process is to have a blade that is straight and narrow. And here's the kicker. The edge cannot be straight. Sorry, I just ruined my point. The edge cannot be sharp if it is not first made straight. Hmm. Okay? That's so this good. is the first step in the sharpening process is you actually got to make that blade straight. So if you ever bought in a set of knives, it probably you probably have a certain thing in there. It looks like a knife, but you pull it out of the wooden block and it's just a big steel rod. Yes, I have one. I have you a, have one. What's the name of that company? Hankel? Hankel. J-H Hankel or J- Yeah, whatever. I have that. And it there's yep. a square one and I pull it out and it's just rod. What it's is just this a rod? rod. A lot of people think that is the knife sharpener. You see on TV, you know, you see uh, um, Gordon Ramsay 
And you think he's sharpening the knife, but he's not. That's what's called a honing rod. It's not a sharpening steel. It's actually a honing rod. The purpose of a honing rod is to make the blade straight because when you use it, it the, actually the edge begins to curl over and fold and there can be um, imperfections and it's not straight. Making sense? That is making sense. This okay. is cool. Cool. So what you have to do first is make the knife straight. So you get your honing rod and what you do is it's very specific. You put it at like 10 to 15 degrees on each side and you go back and forth and what you're doing is you're making that edge straight once again right so um talking about people in your life you want to have a friend that's going to help keep you on the straight and narrow they need to straighten you out right yeah (laughs) you know we're just talking it just makes me think of even we talked about the press test and how there's a there's a shape to our grass. And one thing is when something happens to us and then we have, we're not the shape that we should be because we've come in contact with something. When we use our knives, I would imagine that's what changes the straightness of our knife. And when we have friendships, normally we talk to our friends about the things that have happened to our life. And often we come in contact with each other and it's recognizable that something about the straightness and the directness of who we should be has been affected by things. And yeah. coming in contact with our friends should put us back on the path Absolutely. we should be in. Is that They're, what you're saying? Yes. Your friend in your life, your faith friends, should be there to help correct the course That's it. of your life. Because you're going astray. You might be making mistakes. You might be... Listen, if a friend... If you don't trust a friend enough to call out those mistakes, they aren't your friend. Mm. Okay. A true faith friend is going to help correct the course of your life, okay? It needs to be made straight again. A knife cannot be sharp unless it is first made straight. So here's some definitions of what the word hone means, to hone. So again, that's the honing rod with the knife. To hone means this, to refine or perfect something over a period of time to give greater strength and firmness to the body. Man, that just sounds like a spiritual definition, doesn't it? It It just sounds good, right? So the angle that the honing process is performed is 15 to 20 degrees. I think I said 10 to 15, but it's actually 15 to 20 degrees. Any more than that, then it begins to dig into the edge and it makes it worse, Mm -hmm. right? It becomes counterproductive. So this speaks to really how your faith friend isn't bashing you. It's a very specific process. You got to have friends that are going to interject and intercede at the right time with the right things. And it's a process that takes time. So the honing process of of a knife, the whole sharpening process isn't a five-minute ordeal. It's long. It's a very long process, and we'll get into that. So your friends need to be in it for the long haul, right? That makes me think of also, I like that you have the 15 to 20 degrees because something we say when we are having a conversation that may have some conflict. I mean, to some degree, we could call sharpening conflictual right we're, yes we're there's and, some friction involved. right and say let me take a different angle at this mm. the angle we take at in our yes. conversation in our friendships have a great role in the effect that they will have on yeah. our friendship speaks to tact right exactly we talked about, we've that, talked about that previous we're, episode yeah it's good yeah so it's got to be at the right angle and it's got to be done at that angle continuously repetitively right over a long period of time to make something stronger straighter and more firm. So again, a friend is in it for the long haul. They don't care how long it takes. They're going to be consistent and they're going to be repetitive Mm. in the lives of those that they love. That's who a true friend is. 
They're going to be consistent and competitive in this process with you. And it's not consistently and repetitively calling out your flaws, but they are going to hold you accountable and help you, right? So now that we've gone through the honing process of a knife, making a knife sharp, now it's going to be made narrow, okay? Your life is called to be straight and narrow. We've just straightened it with the honing rod. Now comes the real fun part. So our lives are supposed to be streamlined. Listen, why the reason why a knife is so sharp is because the amount of mass is so focused into a single point. It's to, it, as thin as it can be, it's sharp. Does I that make sense? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So if you can concentrate, if you can bring that mass down to a singular tiny point, it's going to be very sharp. It's like all the strength and all that the knife has to offer gets narrowed in right to that cutting edge. Yes. You are making my points better than I am. That's I'm awesome. just trying to so, practice active listening. A good knife is not going to be too heavy. There's no excess weight dragging it down. It's the same thing in your life. Mm. What does what does the Apostle Paul said? He says, lay aside all the sins and the weights that so easily beset you. There's things in your life that are dragging you down. We're supposed to be streamlined. We got to figure out the things that are br- dragging us down and how to shed that excess weight. I think about like a swimmer. Um, you know, the less surface area they take up in the water, it's easier for them to pass through that water. And it comes down to even the minuscule things. That's why those guys shave their legs and their arms. Because even the hair dragging through the water is going to slow them down. That's and true. if a swimmer can be that particular about what's weighing them down, and it makes that big of a difference, how much more in our spiritual lives, Absolutely. man? There are things that are weighing you down. And you're called to be streamlined so you can effectively do what God's called you to do. And it's hard to... It's hard to wield something that's heavy, right? Mm-hmm. The lighter the object is, the easier it is to wield. All right? So um, Jesus said this in Matthew 11. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So doing the work of the kingdom becomes difficult and burdensome when we have extra and unnecessary weight. When we find it hard, it doesn't make Jesus a liar. So he said, hey, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. When we find ourselves burdened down, it's because we have that excess weight unnecessary weight becomes burdensome when we refuse to hone and sharpen our edge, our lives, right? When we refuse to shave away anything that doesn't look like him. That's good. I'm just thinking about so often when we're going to people and we're building friendships, we're building relationships, we're thinking what we can add to this person, what we can bring to this person. But I'm just thinking scripturally and what you're communicating now, maybe our thought process shouldn't only be what can I add to this person, but what can I detract from this person? Mm. What can I know about this person's plan and purpose for their life, Mm. the specificity of what God's called them to, and what can I help them shed off that they need to shed off so they can run their race? Take a different angle at this and don't just think what you can add to the relationships in your life, but what can you detract from them? The Bible says to bear the burden of people and then hand it to the Lord. What not can I add to my friends' lives, but what can I pull away from so they can be more zoned in, honed in, and made narrow? Mm. And most people are not thinking that way. When you, it's like, I'm entering this relationship to see what I can take away from you. People are like, what, what? Well, maybe take from them. In a way of like, I need something from you, but a completely selfishness. What can I take away from you and throw away so we can bring about who Mm. you really are? Yeah. A good friendship. When you're you're in that friendship to really add value to that person's life. And sometimes adding value means helping them take something away. Right. That's cool. If you're in a friendship only for your own needs, it's the wrong type of friendship. And Mm -hmm. I think about David and Jonathan in the Bible. 
Jonathan, what did he do? My name's Jonathan, so that's cool. But what did Jonathan do? He laid aside his rightful heir to the throne, right? He was the heir to the throne of Israel. He laid it aside for David, and he actually even took off his rope, took off his sword, he gave it to David. And I think of this way, a faith friend, like, you don't want, don't desire to have a Jonathan in your life, desire to be a Jonathan in someone else's life. So good. And just because my name is that doesn't mean I'm always a perfect Jonathan, like the Bible Jonathan to somebody, to even you. Um, But the goal of a friendship is, how can I add value to this person's life? Totally agree. Amen? Amen. All right, so we're back to the sharpening process. So we're shedding excess weight. There are a few things that you can use to sharpen a blade. Um, Sometimes you get those really cheap uh, Bed Bath & Beyond little things where it's just like, a, a, a crevasse. A v, yeah, and you just kind of go back and forth on the knife. That kind of sucks. There's a few different things you can use. Um, sharpening steel, a metal file, or a sharpening stone. And this is where it really gets interesting. The best thing to use, really, is a sharpening stone. So, it's going into the, the, I'll just give you a few scriptural references. Deuteronomy 32 says that God is the rock, and his work is perfect. Isaiah 28, Psalms 118, Matthew 21, 1 Corinthians 3, Ephesians 2, all of those refer to Jesus as the chief cornerstone, Amen. the rock. 1 Peter chapter 2 also says that he is the cornerstone or the living stone. And you can either stumble over him because you think it's a burden and it's too heavy and his yoke is too difficult, or you can choose to build your life upon him, right? So Jesus is that living stone. So now the way you use a sharpening stone for a knife the way you use it is first you got to get it wet, okay? And you can either, um, you you could, so the reason why you get it wet is because it takes away frictional heat during the sharpening process. So you can either use water and sometimes you can even use oil. Mm. But it's really important to put that on the surface of it because it takes away frictional heat and it washes away the waste material. So thinking about our spiritual lives, the water that you're applying to this stone is like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is likened to water and even oil in the scriptures. So if you're going to be making some corrections in the lives of your friends or vice versa, there's bound to be some friction. There's going to be tension. Um, And uh, things can get heated. Opportunities to take offense will be present, which is why we need wisdom from the Holy Spirit. We need him to be present. We need him to be there ministering the time. We're adding that presence the water of the holy spirit in our altercations it's going to ease the friction right he'll give you the words to say he'll give you the correct angle that's exactly what i was going to say it's the correct angle because i have my perspective of what my friend is going through the conflict what i need to say but the holy spirit often puts me in their shoes so i see it from their perspective so now i'm not only taking my perspective to them i'm seeing their perspective and it's not about me being right in that moment, it's about getting it right in yeah, that moment. That's awesome. Got to have the water and oil mm. in that conversation. Yeah. So good. And be- between us and between them, there's that oil. Yes. Between my perspective and their need is the Holy Spirit, the bonding factor that's yeah. bringing about the good work in that moment. Mm. That's so good. He'll show you what to say, how to say it, when to say it, so it can be received with meekness. Again, going back to the tact, going back to a spoonful of sugar, actually. But he's the teacher, he's the helper, he's the comforter. He has to be involved in the sharpening process. If you're trying to confront 
If you're trying to help someone shed some excess weight, there's going to be friction. And if the Holy Spirit is involved, there's going to be way less. Amen. (laughs) So when you begin to grind the blade against the stone, the angle used, again, it's very specific, 10 to 15 degrees. Again, you're not bashing, but you're refining. And at that angle, you are consistently and repetitively grinding the edge against the stone, against the stone, the living stone. So a true friend is always going to lead you to the living stone. Right. Come on. He's always going to lead you to God. A thing that must be corrected is corrected with the word of God. And when this whole process is complete, the knife is theoretically sharp. But to tell if it's sharp or not, a push test is done. Wow. Come on. That reminds me of the press test. Woo! And uh, this is where you just test to see if the knife's got the goods or not. It's where the knife is brought to a piece of paper to see if the weight of the knife and the sharpness of the blade alone is enough to cut and divide the paper. Come on. So we have to be able to rightly discern the word of God. And if you've got excess junk, excess experiences, excess opinions, excess offenses weighing you down, you're not going to be able to rightly divide the word of God. And so that's a great thing to know if you're sharp, to know if your friends are sharpening you or not. That's a great test. Go to the word and you got to be able to rightly divide it. If you are struggling and stumbling upon these precepts of the word, well, kind of is safe to say that really it's becoming a stumbling block to you instead of something that you're building your life upon. It's good. Mm. So the goal of us as disciples of Christ is to rightly divide the word of truth. That's what 1 Timothy 2.15 tells us. Our edge should be sharp enough that we can accurately know what is right, what is wrong, and we can divide a truth from a lie. And it's your true faith, friend, that's going to help you get to that point. So true. Amen. Um, Proverbs 17, 7 says this. It says, a friend loves at all time, times, and a brother is born for adversity. I like that scripture a lot. You're my brother. Amen, brother. Friend, brother. And I feel like you're exactly that, born for adversity. So a real friend's going to keep you going. And uh, when we're going through rough times in life, you kind of realize who your real friends are. There's what I like to call gum friends in high school. <laughs> you pull out a packet of gum and then all of a sudden people who don't talk to you just show up like, oh, you got gum? <laughs> Can I have a piece? And it's those people who are only there to take away and only meet their own needs. In, in high school, it was just so funny. It was like so true. As soon as you pull out gum, Five or six people come around. They just want a piece of gum, right? Those are the fake friends. The real friends are the ones that are there whether you have gum or not, mm. whether you have bad breath or not. They're <laughs> there, right? So that's the knife sharpening process. When we talk about iron sharpening iron, it's not bashing and conflicting, but it's a very thorough, refined, and repetitive process that can only be done on the living stone which is God, Jesus, and with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the end result should be a life that has been made straight, it has been honed and made narrow through that sharpening process. That's so good. I I think we're going to talk about patience here pretty soon. But what you said in the beginning with the honing process being something over a period of time, Yeah, I think that as men, we have a hard time with that. Anything that has to do with patience or longevity, we have a hard time with that because most of the athletic events that we do Mm -hmm. and most of our work is about how much we can get done 
fastest. Yeah. If we hit the ball, can we get all the way to the home plate on the first hit? That's right. the ultimate goal. If I do this, can I get it done today? Can I beat the schedule? And if we aren't careful, we'll bring this into our friendships. Like, man, my friend has a problem with alcohol. Let's see if we can have an intervention with him. And then we cut him off right. cold turkey and it's cool. Not going to work. It's Maybe it will, but most of the time it isn't. And understanding that this is something that we have to apply over a period of time. And uh, that's just, that's an aha moment for me. So I know we're getting almost done. And that would be the wisdom of my day is understanding that this process, before I'm even truly sharpening, I'm just trying to figure out what the straight, the straightness, that's what it is, right? The honing process. Mm -hmm. The honing process is, that's a process before I'm even bringing the real sharpening and the correction of it. I have to really tune in over a process of time to know not only the plan for my friend's life, not only to know where he's going and what's in his heart, but to really understand that that's a process of time and making that yeah. straight so I can come with the right heart, so I can come mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit. Uh, because it's counter what so much of our upbringing and so much of our existence of is in men. Can I chop the wood on the chopping block in <laughs> one hit? <laughs> yeah. Now, we're not trying to do this in one hit. We're trying to go over it and go through it again and go yep. through it again. Yep. So that's a learning process. Those are the me. people you, it's a cliche term, but we say, let's do life together. Well, really, a friend. Our true friend is someone who is doing life with you, and there's no time frame on it. Take they they're they're there, yeah. And I have a few friends like that. You're one of them. I have friends that live in different states that I don't get to talk to as much, but they're there whenever I need them. We're doing life together, yeah, and it's awesome. You got. I encourage you find those friends and examine the friends that you have. You might have to cut some people out. That's true. That kind of sucks. But if there are people in your life that aren't there in adversity who aren't who are just bashing you and not building you. So it seems kind of counterintuitive, but really you're built you're helping build someone's life by helping refine and take things away that need Absolutely. to be taken away. And if you don't have those types of friends in your life, well find them. Find them at church. Really. I think like that's the best. Well, most actually all of my very good friends are friends that I have found in the church. Amen. Amen. Find it in the church. Houseplants. Houseplants. <laughs> We're going back yeah. to a lot of podcasts. I'd say my wisdom of the day is understanding that the sharpening process is going to cause a lot of heat and friction, and the Holy Spirit needs to be involved to help that process go as smooth as possible. That's so good. Amen. So, yeah, and I had mentioned mine. Mine really is that process, mm-hmm. but also understanding it just came to me because this was an aha moment. And sometimes those aha moments, when they come to me in the podcast, those are the wisdom of the day for me. It's not what I add to my friendships always that matter. It's what I can help bear from them and remove from them. That really adds to their relationship. Yeah, each other's burdens. There it is. Good word today, man. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for being a sharpening brother in my life. Knives out. Likewise. <laughs> Knives out. <laughs> All right. I, I can pray. Father God, I thank you for um, the opportunity to do what we're doing right now. It's so fun just being able to discuss the word and help encourage and build and refine people's lives. Um, I just pray, Father God, that uh, you, Jesus, would be somebody that we aren't stumbling over, but we choose to build our lives upon you, sharpen and refine upon you, and really uh, develop a life that we 
are proud of and that you um, would be would be honoring to you, Father God, a life that's lived straight and narrow, not necessarily burdensome, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're able to live those lives that you called us to do, um, to live. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, that's all for today. And we'll join, you'll join us next time on the Sewing and Going podcast.